0: Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio.
1: Hey, it's a leap day in the leap year, February 29th. It is Thursday. Great to be with you. And our first guest this morning, first up on the hit parade, the one, the only Father, Mitch Pacwa, has a special story to tell related to EW10 and the amazing foundress, Mother Angelica. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. And then we are going to be keeping uh, Father Mitch Pacwa on a little bit longer because there's breaking news today regarding the whole IVF situation and some new laws that were proposed, and we'll talk about this in the news as well in Alabama. And then if we have time, I just love tapping into Father Mitch, and when I can get him for longer periods of time, I find it be super helpful. I hope you feel the same way. He's so knowledgeable about so many things, all things Catholic, but he has a great way of explaining it, too, helping us understand from a very uh, pastoral basis. But I also just want to share some ideas for you. You're probably going to get pushback, if you haven't already, from people at the uh, maybe at Mass or maybe uh, at work or maybe in the grocery store. You bump into people in your neighborhood. A lot of people do not understand why the church teaches what she teaches on IVF. So this is a great opportunity for all of us to re-educate ourselves and to learn more about why the church teaches what she teaches. You have it in the catechism. You have a great statement that I share with my listeners by Dr. John Haas that's on the USCCB website. And he, by the way, was at an event I was at on Sunday uh, in Pennsylvania. But bottom line is, it makes sense. And it does work and the dots are connected within all the teachings of the Catholic Church. I can't tell you how many times I've heard over the years, well, church is just so hypocritical. You say you're pro-life, but then you want to deny people the opportunity to have children through IVF. No. Uh Uh-uh. That's not what the church is saying. There is great reason, both scientific reason, but of course morally, as to why the church says no to this. And I would encourage you also... For those people who challenge you, talk to them about all the abuses out there that have been done with IVF. On the part of these so-called medical experts who are making a ton of money on this, and there have also been numerous lawsuits. you remember the story a couple of years ago where the family, I think they were from, I could be wrong, Ohio, but they were one of several families that came forward and found out years later after going through the procedure That, for example, their daughter wasn't the daughter of both the husband and the wife, but was only the daughter from the mother. Okay, so the biological connection was only with the mom because the doctor had been doing some funny stuff. I'll pull up some of those stories and we could talk about that. But, again, I guarantee you, if you haven't already, you're going to get into some conversations, maybe on Facebook or in person with people who are mocking what we teach in the church And yet they've never even bothered to read, what the church actually says they just assume the church is being backward or restrictive or against their teachings on life. Anyway, we'll discuss this with Father Mitch Pacwa, and then I will also share, if we have time, my own thoughts on what helped me solidify my faith in the Catholic Church, because I finally started to do what? Guess what? Read the documents. When Deacon Dom and I were on our way back into the Catholic Church, E.W. Chen was just getting started. And we didn't have great programs like Catholic Answers or other great apologetic ministries. Scott Hahn was just really getting into the Catholic Church, and I wasn't even familiar with him. So we were on our own. Now, we did get some, some good guidance from our parish and whatnot, but we were told to, guess what, read the documents. What a concept. And as a reporter, for me, connecting the dots made all the difference. And knowing what I had gone through in my own life when I was against the teachings of the church, not out there screaming and yelling at the church, but just not living the faith, and how miserable I was, I thought, hmm, maybe this Catholic thing has something to offer. All right, so we will discuss with the one the only Father, Mitch Pacwa, this morning on this edition of Catholic Connection. It is... Leap Day, February 29, 2024. We have a story on that as well. Okay, we've got some storms, according to the National Weather Service, that continue to plague parts of the country. We had that line of thunderstorms that started yesterday or last night and is moving through the East Coast right now. A few of these storms may become very strong to severe, with the main threat being damaging winds. Meanwhile, over on the West Coast, there's another significant winter storm that began late last night and will last throughout the weekend, Impacts include heavy mountain snow, heavy rain, and gusty wind. So that's the weather across the country. Wherever you are, stay safe and stay close to us by listening to us here on Catholic Connection and all of our great programs all day long on EWTN Radio. Let's get started with the news. Already five minutes past the hour. Thanks for tuning in on a Thursday. Michael Kastner tells us Senate Republicans blocking a bill that would protect access to in vitro fertilization.
2: Democrat Tammy Duckworth of Illinois on Wednesday tried to pass the bill by unanimous consent. It was opposed by Republican Cindy Hyde-Smith of Mississippi who said the bill would legalize human cloning and gene-edited designer babies, among other things.
3: The
0: bill before us today is a vast overreach that is full of poison pills that go way too far.
2: Duckworth defended the bill and said it simply gives people a federal right to pursue reproductive technology. Earlier this month, the Alabama Supreme Court declared that frozen embryos are children. Several clinics in Alabama have already stopped IVF treatments as a result.
1: Meanwhile, and we'll again be discussing this with Father Mitch Pacwa after the break, Republicans in both chambers of the Alabama legislature, as Catholic News Agency tells us this morning, are introducing measures that would shield clinics from civil and criminal liability when destroying human embryos during the process of in vitro. The legislation, CNA says, comes after the Alabama Supreme Court ruled 8-1 to that wrongful death of a minor act does apply to all children born and unborn, including human embryos. In 2018, Alabama voters approved a constitutional amendment via a referendum that affirmed the sanctity of unborn life and the rights of unborn children. CNA tells us that the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America Group and the Alabama Policy Institute both issuing a joint statement criticizing the lawmakers for supporting the legislation which they claim is in conflict with pro-life principles. The statement reads, It's unacceptable that the Alabama legislature has advanced a bill that falls short of pro-life expectations and fails to respect the dignity of human life. Both bills, by the way, still at the committee level and have not yet come up for a full full vote on the floor. The Vatican's office of liturgical celebrations of the Supreme Pontiff releasing the Holy Father's schedule for... Holy and, of course, Easter Sunday. On Sunday, the 24th of March, which is Palm Sunday, the Pope will preside over Holy Mass in St. Peter's later that week on Holy Thursday morning. He'll preside over the Chrism Mass in St. Peter's the next evening on Good Friday. The Pontiff is set to preside over the Mass of the Lord's Passion in St. Peter's Basilica before presiding over the way of the cross in Rome's iconic Colosseum. As is customary, as the Vatican explains, the Pope will also be providing presiding over the Easter Vigil Mass in St. Peter's on Holy Saturday evening and then the Easter Sunday Mass in St. Peter's Square the next morning. And then Doug Keck will fill us up, of course, fill us in over the next two weeks as to the coverage all of these events that you don't want to miss because we carry many of them live. And we'll fill you in and even mention that tomorrow on our Inside Word with Doug Keck. In other news, Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell stepping down as GOP leader. That will happen in November, making the announcement yesterday on the Senate floor, saying it's time for the next generation of leadership.
3: But now it's 2024. I'm
0: now
1: 82. As Ecclesiastes he tells us, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose. The 82-year-old said he'll step down from the role after November elections, but will serve out the remainder of his term, which ends in January of 2027. He's the longest-serving Senate party leader in American history, as he's been elected to lead the Republican conference some nine times since 2006. Brian Shook tells us the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden is moving into its next
2: phase. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer says it involves a public hearing including testimony from the president's son, Hunter Biden. Hunter gave a deposition to lawmakers Wednesday behind closed doors in which he denied his father was ever involved in his business ventures. Comer said Hunter's testimony included claims that contradicted testimony from other witnesses. Republicans have accused Biden of carrying out an influence-peddling scheme while serving as vice president.
1: Congressional leaders have reached a deal for a short-term funding extension to prevent a partial government shutdown Saturday. The House expected to vote today on a bill for the temporary funding. The Senate will then vote shortly after. It is expected to pass in the House but may face some hurdles in the Senate. Mark Mayfield tells us Russian President Vladimir Putin delivering his State of the Nation address to Russia's Houses of Parliament.
2: The speech at the Federal Assembly will be delivered to about 1,000 Russian lawmakers and officials. Putin said last week that the speech will set Russia's goals for the next six years and will take into account the internal political calendar. The Russian leader is expected to win next month's presidential election as he's facing no opposition.
1: The Supreme Court going to decide whether former President Trump can claim immunity over his election interference charges... In a brief order, SCOTUS said it would hear arguments and issue a ruling, the case currently on hold, so no trial can happen at this point. Karen Curtis tells us Governor Ron DeSantis launching the Freedom Institute Speaker Series in Naples, stressing the importance of education, not indoctrination.
4: We don't want to be graduating people that have no foundations and that are just kind of twisting in the wind and don't know how to make sense of the world around them.
1: That's why Governor DeSantis says Florida
0: students are required to learn about American history.
4: Every single person that we graduate out of our schools, they are going to be adult American citizens. And with that comes responsibilities. Part of the responsibility is having a foundation in American civics and in the founding principles of this country.
0: DeSantis also says he hopes that by the end of the decade, Florida will be number one in the country in workforce education.
1: A group of protesters calling for the mayor of Athens, Georgia, to step down over the murder of a nursing student on the campus of the University of Georgia. During a news conference yesterday, a group of Georgia residents shouting over Athens Mayor Kelly Gertz as he spoke.
3: You
4: need to resign.
0: Resign now. Resign.
4: allow this to happen sir an illegal immigrant
1: from venezuela arrested last week in connection to the death of nursing student lakin riley other protesters in the room held signs that said blood on your hands and make athens safe again joe biden and former president donald trump meanwhile will both be at the u.s mexico border today as controversy over the handling of the migrant crisis continues Officials busting another crowded illegal migrant shelter, and Andrew Whitman tells us this is the second to be discovered in New York City in as many days.
3: Buildings Department got a call to investigate a two-story commercial building on East Kingsbridge Road in Fordham and went in Wednesday afternoon. They found 34 beds on the first floor and another 11 in the basement, plus extension cords, space heaters, and hot plates everywhere, all fire hazards. DOB called conditions inside hazardous and life-threatening and shut it down. A neighbor who spoke with the men daily told News 4 they had been paying around $300 to $600 a month to stay there.
1: Devastating wildfires continuing to burn in the Texas panhandle.
2: Terrain is rough, so it is making for a hard fight.
1: Max Dunlap heading up the Amarillo Office of Emergency Management. The largest of the fires, called the Smokehouse Creek Fire, has become the second largest wildfire in Texas history. It's 0% contained, according to the Texas A&M Forest Service. Many small towns have been evacuated. One of them, called Fritch, has been hit very hard. Dozens of homes and cars have already been destroyed there. And the FAA is giving Boeing 90 days to fix its quality and safety issues. FAA Administrator Mike Whitaker And Boeing CEO Dave Calhoun reportedly had a day-long meeting yesterday about the deadline. An FAA commissioned investigation taking a look and found a a, a disconnect between the company's execs and employees on safety, adding that workers worry about reassignment or restricted career growth for reporting safety issues. The FAA is auditing Boeing's production line after a door plug blew open mid-flight. And coinciding with thousands of people hitting the sand and surf for spring break and warmer temperatures, March and April are traditionally the windiest in South Florida, meaning there are more rip currents. Miami-Dade Fire Rescue Ocean Rescue Captain Matthew Sparling recommending swimming near a lifeguard and if something goes wrong, to try to wait for help.
4: Rip currents by nature tend to be narrow, so by being able to swim parallel to shore, you can get out of the rip current, uh, you could use the waves in that situation to try to get yourself back in and conserve your energy.
1: And finally in our news segment on a Thursday morning, February 29th, doesn't it sound weird? Well, it's because it's a leap day, a leap year. Only happens once every four years. It's a leap day, an extra day added to the calendar every 4th of February to keep our seasons from getting out of whack Everyone knows a year is 365 days long, but that's not exactly accurate, according to the experts. They say it actually takes the Earth about 365 and one-quarter days to travel around the sun. And to keep the extra time from throwing things off, the Romans decided a few thousand years ago to add an extra day every four years. Popes have made some slight adjustments in the 1500s, but leap years have stayed with us Ever since we are leaping into the break, and when we come back, we will check in with Father Mitch Pacwa. Of course, all things EWTN. He has a beautiful new book, by the way, a commentary on Isaiah. Check that out through our uh, religious catalog. And we are going to talk about a special connection between Leap Day, Mother Angelica, EWTN, and Father Mitch. And then we'll discuss the issue of IVF, which is making headlines, including. In Father's State of Alabama, NEW Chen's headquarters are also there as well. We'll be right back.
3: Today's programming on nine ninety WTEO is brought to you in part by a Gift from our day sponsor. The annual Rose Mass for Catholic Healthcare Workers, celebrated by Bishop Boyer, will be at four thirty PM Saturday, March 9th at St. Thomas in Ann Arbor, followed by a reception in the parish hall. Karen Bussey, director of the Mother Teresa House, will speak on redemptive suffering. Suggested free will donation is twenty dollars. RSVP at Cmalansing.gmail.com. That's cma.lansing@gmail.com. gmail.com.
2: Buying a home is a huge milestone for your family, but we need a home loan. It's hard to know who to trust. Alliance Catholic Credit Union not only shares your values, but it was founded specifically to serve Catholics in the state of Michigan. For your home financing, choose an organization that supports the local Catholic community. Special offer on new mortgages through March 31st, 3% down with no PMI. Save money up front and in your monthly payment. Get started today at AllianceCatholic.com, federally insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender.
3: This week on Christ is the Answer, it's the season of Lent, and Father John wants to help us prepare for Easter. Let's start out with a question. What are you doing to prepare for Lent? The church has so many faithful ways for us to traverse this season of fasting so that we can get the most out of prayer and penance. Join us this week as Father John wants to help us get the most out of Lent as well as how Jesus wants us to pray. Tune in for Christ is the Answer Monday through Fridays at 11 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio.
0: When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care.
1: Always great to catch up with EWTN's Father Mitch Pacwa, and he joins us every Thursday for our Cultural Connections on Catholic Connections. So, Father, my understanding is that this is a very special date for you related to Mother Angelica, our foundress, and the network. Good morning. Thanks for joining
5: us. Yeah. 40 years ago today, I uh, made my first appearance on Mother Angelica Live. Wow. Um, (laughs) This was... uh, you know, Bill the, who mm-hmm. Deacon Bill. Who yeah, I remember the, him. Yeah. Yeah, sure. He was the president of the network and he was the deacon at the parish where I helped out on Sundays in Nashville, Tennessee during my graduate school years. And I, you know, at the time I drove this, uh, $200 beater.
4: <laughs> the
5: engine ran like a champ. The transmission was great, but, um, the body wasn't so good. Mm. So, uh, I, I would just you know, I drove down here from Nashville, just wearing uh, you know some old boots and uh, blue jeans and a flak jacket and cowboy hat and flannel shirt because there were times I had to get out and fix it. <laughs> this one it was a '68 Pontiac Le Mans, mm. great car, <laughs> and 392 uh, <laughs> under the hood just really was great. So anyway, um, uh, I uh, just came down and we're close and there were times I had to do that. Well, I arrived in the parking lot, and Mother Angelica, a couple of the sisters happening walking by, and Mother says, sir, can I help you? I said, hi, Mother, I'm Father Mitch Pacquiao. Well, I'm your guest tonight. Well, she takes the palm of her hand and, you know, goes to her forehead like, oh, my God. So... <laughs> And I said, "Don't worry, Mother. I clean up real well." And so I didn't—I didn't know this, but she had gone to her office and called Steltzmaier and said, "If this kid doesn't turn out, you're fired." <laughs> so Bill was all of a sudden really nervous, and um, uh, I, of course I cleaned up, put on my suit and clerks and all, and. I decided to talk about the origin of the canon. How do we know which books go in the Bible and which don't? Mm. And I first explained the Old Testament, and then I said the first crisis of the New Testament came from a guy named Marcion, who rejected everything Jewish in the Bible, including the Jewish authors of the New Testament. So all he kept was Luke, Acts and Parts of St. Paul. Mm. And I said, not only did Pope Pius I excommunicate him in 141 or 142 A.D., but so did his own father, because he was the son of a bishop. Well, Mother came to the edge of her chair and looked at me like, what did you say? And apparently I said, son of a bishop, kind of quickly. Oh. And she misunderstood <laughs> what I said. And I'm looking at her like, what? What you is know?
1: wrong? Yeah.
5: And, and then she realized what I did say, not what she thought I might have said. And she sat back with this look. So this is the kind of kid we're playing with tonight. So, uh, But she enjoyed it because I was having a great time explaining this stuff. And it was, you know, something that was important for people to understand. There's a lot of anti-Catholicism going on at the time. Mm -hmm. And the story of the canon is very Um, uh, pro-Catholic. We were the ones that came up with the canon for those who came up with Scripture alone, a doctrine that started in the 14th century A.D. And so uh, they, um, uh, she talked to me. Uh, well, first of all, she said we're gonna. This is so much fun. We're gonna do two hours today, so we did a two-hour show. And then during one of the breaks, she said I want you to come back and do a series, and which I did that May, and I've been doing series ever since.
1: So that initial show was what led to your permanent spot on EWTN.
5: Yeah, and then you know it was in December of two thousand one. You know she had already had two strokes. Uh, you, a lot of folks remember how she had a patch over one yes, eye. I
1: remember that. Yeah,
5: because it, the, the second stroke affected her ability to have tears, and they needed to keep salve so her eyeball wouldn't dry up. And um, you know, she she just knew she needed some help, so she asked me to come and uh, help her on the shows. I said, oh, that's my superiors because that's their decision. And um, my superiors said yes on the uh, 22nd of December. And two days later, she had that cerebral hemorrhage. Wow. That made it difficult for her to speak very much anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And so, um, you know, I came full-time since uh, January
1: 2002. Wow. It's amazing how you know, fast things go,
5: right? I, I was... And, yeah, and, you know, we're coming up uh, to the anniversary of her death in, you know, uh, right. just a few weeks. And I, I think it's, it's fascinated me that this great suffering started, um, you know, where she couldn't speak and all, she had the hemorrhage. That started Christmas Eve. Mm. And on Good Friday of the year she died... Um, that was eight years ago. Uh, she went into this horrible pain. Her bones just became so brittle they started to break as she was lying in bed, and and she had quiet on Holy Saturday, a bit of you know a pain, like a serious pain on Easter Sunday, and then she died. Mm. And I really look back on that. As a living out of the Paschal mystery, she uh, entered into that pain on Christmas Eve and then she went to the Lord on uh, Easter. And I, I think there's a certain amount of God's providence going on yeah. in that. Yeah.
1: What a beautiful, beautiful story. Can you believe it's been 40 years, though, Father?
5: Well,. I was there for all of them, so I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's just that I have a theory that the years go by faster and faster as you get older.
1: Oh, yeah. I would agree with that.
5: Be- mm-hmm. And yep. the reason is that when you're 10, Christmas vacation takes <laughs> forever. And summer vacation seems like it'll never come. But that's because at 10, a year is one-tenth. Of your your life.
1: life. Yeah, yeah. Whereas
5: for some of us, it's now almost 175th of your life.
1: (laughs) There you go. Father, hang on. We're going to talk about uh, something, of course, that Mother was so dedicated to, the pro-life cause, taking a deeper look at what the Church teaches on IVF in particular with all the stories in the news and why, and many of those stories coming out of Alabama. We'll be right back. I the great work of our friend, Father Mitch Pacwa, who joins us every Thursday on Culture Connections. It's been over a year. He's been with us doing these great segments, tying into the news of the day. So, Father, in your state there in Alabama, of course, making national news regarding the issue of IVF, in vitro fertilization, after the Supreme Court in your state recently rules that, guess what, embryos are children. Well, many on the left are going having a meltdown over that. But there's also, I think, an opportunity to evangelize and educate here Because so many Catholics, and I didn't even know this for a long time until I came back to the church and actually go figure, read the documents, knew what the church taught on this issue and why. But this truly is a pro-life teaching to say that this particular process is not a pro-life process. So let's first of all talk about the opportunity we have to educate people. Because especially if people are struggling with infertility, that's a huge issue and, and heartbreaking and many think, well, gosh, the Church says or claims to be so pro-life, why would they not want us to pursue any avenue in order to bring life into the world? So what say well, you, Father?
5: Okay, first of all, we have to keep in mind the Church is absolutely pro-life. The issue of being pro-life also includes another moral principle. that The moral principle in being pro-life is that, at the moment of conception, that the, the, the coming together of a sperm with an egg that then fertilizes gives that individual all all of the unique chromosomal structure that person will ever have. These are the this is the uh, what is going to grow up. Into nothing except that one individual Homo sapiens, and uh, all the DNA is there. And furthermore, this is an act of faith on our part. That's science. On as an act of faith, God creates a human soul for that individual. It is not a rational soul yet because they that, that it hasn't developed into the capacity to think. So it's not rational yet. Uh, sometimes they're not rational until they're in their 60s. But that's another problem. The uh, capacity for reason is present, and the capacity for free will is present in that conceived child. So this gives, uh, again, this an act of faith that this gives divine uh Sanction to the beauty of that life and the integrity of the life. That's one issue. Secondly, we uh, also believe that the the child that is conceived uh, cannot be conceived by any means possible. There are morally right ways to conceive and immoral ways it doesn't mean that the the child does it, that gets conceived has any less dignity again all their dna is present and they we believe that god creates a human soul for them but the means by which anybody is conceived has moral components so it's not conception at all costs it is you no know, following uh, morally acceptable ways. In terms of the problems with in vitro fertilization, the first problem is that it takes away the integrity of the marital act Mm -hmm. from conception of a child. That this is where the, the Church believes that a child should be conceived by mother and father in the marital act as, as, and to see that as part of the whole integrity of the relationship between child and parents. That's very important, uh, morally. A second moral issue that comes up is when they do in vitro fertilization, they Will fertilize many eggs mm-hmm. they will harvest eggs from the woman and sperm from the father, and they will harvest multiple eggs because they fully expect that some will not attach to the um, uh, uh, the, the some will not attach to the womb and will not be able to grow and When multiple uh, uh, fertilized eggs do a test, and that also sometimes happens, it is also something where the doctors say, look, uh, three or four of these fertilized eggs have a test, and we'll just take care of that for you, which means they they destroy them, they kill them. Or when uh, they just... Plant a number, knowing that some will be uh, fertilized, and then if after that the, fo- the, the couple says, "Well, we can't afford to um, have the other embryo, the leftover embryos that uh, we did extra," just because they, they have to do extra for this procedure if the first time doesn't work when well, they plant three or four. Um, uh, then they still have others ready to go and say well we, we that's all that we can afford we, we won't have any more in vitro fertilization mm-hmm. and then those are destroyed so you are treating the embryos as something of a commodity,
1: commodity. and right. that's
5: mm-hmm. the issue that uh these uh, and that's what makes this also morally unacceptable right no Person is a commodity. That was what we called slavery at one time. And you buy and sell. This is not right. Now, you know, I don't, you know, a lot of times uh, I really think that uh, couples who seek out this treatment are not made aware right. of mm-hmm. all these details. Right, they, they they don't have any kind of malice. They don't want to see their embryos as um, you know commodities. They, that, that's not their view. They really want a child, a child. Mm-hmm. and they crave to be parents. God bless them. God bless them. But it's still something that uh, we in the church need to make clear at early stages of our Catholic moral education uh, so that people don't start seeking this out as uh, an option option that's not moral. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. The other thing too, Father, there's been a lot done on this issue with the Ruth Institute and Dr. Jennifer robeck Morris, and there's been a mix-up of, of the embryos, and, and there have been doctors who have used their own sperm. There's a big lawsuit, and there's a story just updated because these are all this is making news now because of the Alabama situation. There's a big story that's being uh, that's been updated: a Connecticut woman and her mother suing a New Haven fertility doctor for using his own sperm during insemination. This is back in the 80s, and this isn't the first time this has happened. I remember doing no, a couple is, of stories no. with the National Catholic Bioethics Center out of Philadelphia, talking about this very thing. So let's talk about how it is abused, and really in terms of what's going on with these these so-called clinics, these IVF clinics, it really is a wildfire west, and there's not a lot of laws to protect families, and they're spending a ton of money over and over again with little success. So we'll talk about that, and also give you some documents to take a look at to learn more about why the church teaches this on IVF and how this does tie in with us being pro-life from womb to tomb. We'll be right back. It's a big story making a lot of news because of the Supreme Court decision on the state Supreme Court Alabama ruling just recently that embryos are indeed children and then this brings up so many important topics and we need to be able to understand what the church teaches more deeply because the teachings are so important to how we live our lives, but also as so we can help other people understand because the issue of infertility is huge. And as Father said, so many people just want to be parents so badly and may not be aware of all the complications and all the moral issues related to IVF. So, Father, it's, it's really interesting. As I mentioned, Dr. Jennifer Roback morse has done a lot on this. And then there are more and more lawsuits like the one I just mentioned. This Connecticut woman and her mother are suing this doctor for using his own sperm, To think 10 to 15 years down the road from now, how many of us will be there, said Janine Pierce, the woman who filed the lawsuit. She grew up as an only child, aware her parents went to a fertility doctor, but she said she thought her father's sperm was used. She grew curious about her father's heritage, decided to take a DNA test in 22, not knowing it would impact the rest of her life. And she listened to this. She clicked on the relatives tab, and 19 half siblings popped up. So this is another problem that's out there. All these half-siblings that might be there.
5: This was something that I told some of the university students, whom I happened to overhear uh, boasting about making $50 to make contributions at a sperm bank. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, gentlemen, um, what are you going to do when you're just about 40 and 15 16 year old child comes to your door and says, Hi, you are my father. You'd be sitting at dinner with your wife and children, and this other kid comes up and calls you dad. Are you prepared for that? Now, here's the other, and and this opens up another thing. There are these 15 or so, whatever, in that case that you mentioned, half siblings. How do they know exactly they won't meet and fall in love and, and, and Mary. perhaps marry, mm-hmm. causing <clears throat> all kinds of genetic situations that would not be chosen if they had known that the that was my sibling or half sibling. This these are the kinds of things. There was a, another famous case at a sperm bank where a uh, medical. Uh, uh, the, the guy who ran the place thought that he was such a genius. He substituted his sperm for many others, and, and gave these other photographs of people that looked a lot better than he did. Um, and, and then, mm-hmm. it was, but he wanted to pass on his genetics without bothering to have to raise the children, um, because he thought he was so smart. I mean, there, there are those are some problems. There's one other issue, too. Uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Dr. Robin uh, Pierucci, Pierucci, is a, neo, a ne- neonatologist. She take, takes care of newborns, especially those who are in crisis. They're premature and other things. And she and her uh, you know, colleagues began to notice certain problems showing up, and inadvertently, they discovered that there was a pattern of problem medical problems among those children who had been conceived through in vitro fertilization. Mm. That uh, I, I, I recommend that you have her on.
1: Yeah, we were talking about that during the break. We've had her on yeah. before, but not in a while. She, she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah.
5: I, mm-hmm. I think uh, she's continued to do more research. Uh, and this is a very important issue. So this is, uh, 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 that's another side issue. That's not at the core of the moral problem. Right. But it points out that the Church is also teaching something that is, um, you know, going to protect Uh, Children from certain types of difficulties.
1: But it also protects protects the families, families, the couples, too, from a lot of pain. I want to read this quote to you. This is in the same article that I just mentioned where this mother and daughter are suing this doctor. And this woman from uh, Quinnipiac University, she's a researcher, she's a professor of the Schools of Business and Medicine. And again, this is in a secular article, folks. This is not in any religious publication. And she's calling cases like this for this young woman who found out she had 19 siblings, calling it egregious and unethical. But she also says, Father, and listen to this, there are no laws against it federally or in Connecticut. It could be siblings, because a family was in Connecticut that was impacted. It could be siblings marrying siblings, siblings having children. It's time to do something about this.
5: Right one One other issue that also comes up is a legal one. When I was in Tennessee in the eighties, I remember a case where a young couple died in a car wreck very tragically. Mm-hmm. Their heirs were their fertilized embryos, wow. and the problem was that, that those were their sole heirs and the problem was the grandparents from the two sides could not agree what to do to have those, uh, embryos fertilized or not so that the designated heirs could inherit the property. See, that's one of the other issues at stake here. Uh, you know, by, when it comes to legislation and uh, that has to be a a consideration for the legislators and lawyers and such. Mm-hmm. For us, that's, you know, uh, in terms of the moral question here, uh, it, it's not a primary issue. The primary issue is the integrity of the relationship between a husband and wife and their, then, the relationship that they have with their child, and that that integrity is absolutely essential. Um And in those cases where a couple cannot have children, then they may have to consider other options. A good example is, again, our mutual friend, Dr. Ray Grendi. Mm-hmm. You know, he and his, uh, they just could not physically have children. And he's talked about that on his programs, but he adopted quite a number of children. They were of all sorts of different races. Uh, you know, he didn't care. He loved the children and provided a service for them. Of uh, that, that and by service, I don't mean something you pay for. He right. served them by raising them, clothing them, giving them a loving house. Uh, a loving mom and dad who really cared for these children. And, uh, you know, that is what he saw as his mission. Uh, the the sad thing for those poor kids is that he talks about them on TV all the time. But that's his problem. And actually, I've met uh, a couple of them uh, on his set. And, mm-hmm. You know, he was, you know, they're just a delight.
1: Yeah, they are, and his wife is amazing. His wife Randy oh, is amazing. Well, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, let me ask you, Father. He's because... in
5: the room, and that's yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I love Ray. He's he's he really is funny, and his yeah, wife absolutely. Randy is funny too. She stays in 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 the uh, behind the spotlight, but she's awesome. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the different church teachings, and I was quoting this morning in the first segment of my program something that is uh, very well written and easy to. To share, even because I think this is an opportunity for evangelization to re-educate ourselves on the teachings, yes. so we can help explain to people lovingly why the church teaches what she teaches. But this is a great document, and you could just look up "Begotten, Not Made" USCCB, a Catholic yep. view of reproductive technology, and it's fairly, um, it's very concise, fairly short. But Dr. John Haas from the National Catholic Bioethics uh, Center. Put it together and he goes through everything in terms of, as you mentioned, uh, the people who really want to have children may not know about the problems and why the church explains in detail why this is wrong and what is okay by church teaching. So it kind of encompasses everything and even looks at scripture. So it's a really, really well thought out document. And again, oftentimes, even as Catholics, we jump to things not knowing what the church says and why, and thinking that, oh, they're oppressive or backward and they're hypocritical because they claim to be so pro-life, but they deny this opportunity to couples who really just want to have a child and bring more children into the world. But it makes so much sense. And we just touched on the surface, Father, as some of the horror stories that are out there regarding this.
5: Right, right, right. And you know because there are not clear laws Protecting everybody involved and not protecting the rights all of the parents to know for sure that the the, the 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 embryo is from their from them their sperm and their there's no law to protect that in most states there's no law to protect the embryo there's no law that prevents the throwing away of fertilized embryos, Mm -hmm. um, or here's the other thing. There's no law against the frozen embryos that are just left frozen. Right,
1: yeah. Yeah,
5: That's the other side. It's like, I I, I don't want to make this too strong an analogy, but it reminds me of people who... Uh, have their uh, loved ones cremated and then leave the cremains uh, in their uh, the, at the funeral director or even at the church and don't ever pick them up and don't bury them or anything.
3: Mm-hmm. They just
5: leave them. Well, there are some people who have just left frozen embryos, and you know what, what's going to happen. And you know, do the people? Who have them frozen have the right to throw them away, give them to somebody else. I mean, all these are you know a variety of moral issues. And in the case of, like I say, in that that law case back in Tennessee, do those embryos have the right to inherit? It's say again, just as this is not far fetched that if somebody has left a frozen embryo at some lab, and they go on for a number of years, then die, does that embryo get to inherit like the other children? on what basis or what basis not?
1: Okay, and then what about all those siblings? Can they come in and say, wait a minute, this is part, I I get part of this too, right? That one woman who had 19 siblings, right?
5: Right. Right. These are moral issues and legal issues. Uh, Oftentimes, law and morality are linked. And we do best to have clear moral uh, teaching within our law. Does that mean you have to impose Catholic doctrine? That's what I can just feel. I can just feel hackles going up right now. Mm -hmm. Well, you're just trying to impose your religion on us, and there's separation of church and state. Um, Not under the law, there isn't. But secondly, we don't base this on uh, revealed doctrine, we base this on natural law thinking. That you know what is you know uh, the basis of all natural law goes to the silver rule and the golden rule. Right. The silver rule is rule is don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you. And the golden rule taught by Christ is do to others what you want them to do to you so would you want to be abandoned and frozen uh with no known uh, fate you know no, no clear decision to be made for years I, right. we have to put ourselves in that situation and um i think uh, uh we have to apply that and other principles of natural law about uh, integrity of family, etc., and uh, integrity of marriage and child raising. Um, these yeah. you know principles have to be applied to these circumstances.
1: I mean, we didn't even apply the the, the the many stories where how much it cost couples to do this and how many times that it was yeah. unsuccessful. So, I mean, sometimes spending if you're doing at least ten thousand dollars every time they try this. There's more and more stories saying that couples have tried four or five six seven times before uh, having any success. So there's that whole other financial aspect of this industry, which it is taking advantage of people. Father, great discussion. I'm so glad we had some more time to sort through this today. And don't forget, of course, check out all of Father's great work, both on EWTN Radio and TV. We'll be right back to wrap up a Wednesday or Thursday. Excuse me, let you know what's coming up on a Friday. Stay tuned.
2: Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs?
4: Church teaches that Jesus Christ is literally and wholly present, body and blood, soul and divinity, under the appearances of bread and wine. In the Bread of Life discourse, documented in John chapter 6, Jesus states that he is the bread of life, and that his flesh is true food and his blood true drink. The Jews were scandalized in verse 52. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus does not back down but reiterates this teaching four more times over the next four verses. Many left in verse 66 because this teaching was truly difficult. But at no point does Jesus water down his teaching and call them back. No, he allows them to leave and even questions his twelve apostles if they too wish to leave. Jesus intended to be understood literally, and the Jews, apostles, and the Catholic Church absolutely take Him at His word. Examining the truths of the Catholic faith, this is faithforensics.org.
3: Ann Arbor Smiles is a state-of-the-art dental practice led by the talents of doctors Dan Kennedy, Chris Marzoni, and Stephen Gray. One of their many satisfied patients is Father Deacon Lawrence Hendricks.
2: I was one of the first patients to receive a Sarah Crown from Dr. Kennedy. The CEREC technology allows for restorations to be done in one visit. They always use the most advanced techniques in dentistry. I've always enjoyed the friendly staff and the personal relationships that I have at Ann Arbor Smiles.
3: Go to AnnArborSmiles.com today.
1: appreciate your listenership and so appreciate Father Mitch Pacwa spending extra time with us this morning to sort through a very, very uh, important story that's making headlines and gives us an opportunity to revisit the beautiful teachings of the church on life and to help others understand them as well. Coming up tomorrow, look forward to chatting with Doug Keck for our Inside Word, Inside Scoop of Great Programming coming up, Fact Check Friday. And then we are also going to be, what are we doing on, let's see, I forgot. Cabrini, talk about the Cabrini film with Eustace Wolfington. Talk to you tomorrow. money.
0: You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E Maria Radio dot net. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.